Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. She had said, look, look at my phone. I've got text messages and we're friends. That's not a friend, is it? Let me finish. But I'm just saying. Let me finish. Because you have to let me finish. Now I lost my train of thought. Honey, you have to just let me finish the conversation when it's a it's a ten minute speech. I don't know what to say to you. You're listening. What am I doing? Just nodding. That's what people do. They listen. Okay. Now, guys, that scene you just heard between Dorit and PK was my favorite scene from this week's finale of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. It was everything. Now I know a lot of the attention is going to be paid to the scene that came later in the episode between Garcelle and the producer when the producer was sort of trying to manipulate the way that Garcelle felt about the Denise situation. It was a thrilling scene. We're going to talk about it, but for my money, the better fourth wall-breaking scene happened earlier in the episode when Dorit and PK simply forgot their lines mid-scene. They were sitting down in their house, and Dorit was telling PK a story, and PK interrupted her, and she said, Don't interrupt me! And then she stared off into the distance for a second. She said, You know what? I forgot what I was going to say. Fucking hell. Fucking hell. And I sensed a little bit of another accent coming through. And I like to believe I have this sort of conspiracy theory that Dorit is doing various accents for the camera. uh, And then when the cameras go down, she just talks like someone totally different. And so I was imagining that was a moment where her real accent kind of came through. I don't know. Maybe I'm just hearing things, but I heard a little tinge of something else. And I liked it. I liked it. Anyway, you guys, we have so much to talk about. There's a lot happening in the Real Housewives Cinematic Universe this week. We have the Beverly Hills finale. We have Garcelle joining the Real. She's joining the Real. She's going to be on the panel. Now, you guys know I love The View, so I'm going to have to add the Real to my rotation. But I do feel like a little guilty, like I'm going to be cheating on The View because I love them so much over there. But I'm going to have to see how Garcelle does. I'm excited for her. And I know a lot of people were worried this would mean that Garcelle wasn't going to be on the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills next season, but I actually feel like it'll be the opposite. I feel like Garcelle will be with us even more uh, because the real film's in LA. She'll be able to do that job, and I don't think the hours are that extensive. I feel like they're out of there by 11 a.m., so then she'll get to go and film Beverly Hills, and she'll be in more scenes, if anything, I think, next season because she's doing the real, and she gets a good-ass paycheck. Excited for that. I'm happy for Garcelle, and I'm happy for us that we might be getting more from her because I love her so much on the show. It's exciting that she'll be around a little bit more. Because she seems like a little bit messy in a, in a great way. And I'm excited for that. Uh, we also lost Dorinda on Roni, you guys. Uh, that news about Dorinda leaving Roni. Our dear Trinda. Oh, Trinda. You always bring it, girl! Oh you guys, it hit me like a Mack truck. That whole day, I felt like I was just walking around. My equilibrium was off. I was just falling over. I would get up to walk to the kitchen or something. I'd just fall fall to the floor. I need one of those life alerts that uh, I could hit any time. And then when the emergency services come, I'll say they'll say what happened. I'll say Dorinda was let go from the Real Housewives of New York. That's what happened. I need a life alert for when these uh, women leave our franchises. Did it hit you guys too? I, I look. I know Dorinda's been having a rough season, but I didn't think she'd be gone. I didn't think she would no longer be with us next season. I mean, I need a life alert for those kind of situations. It felt the same way when Bethany announced that she was leaving us. And I don't think anyone really, I think Bethany did leave us. I don't think anyone's really uh, quits on their own accord, right? Like they're usually let go and there's some gray area in there because, you know, these women are, their contracts are either picked up for next season or they're not, or sometimes they're offered a reduced role for next season and they don't want to take that. And so I, I don't think, I don't think anyone leaves willingly. Like, you don't just give up a large paycheck like that. But I think there is some gray area, whether it was a firing or a quitting. Um, But the fact of the matter is, with Dorinda, I think it's going to be a big loss for the show. I'm going to miss her terribly. And hopefully, maybe she'll come back one day. 
but whoo, that day when that was announced, I, I woke up that morning and I had so many messages on my phone. It happened at what, like 6 a.m. on the, it was uh, West Coast time. It was like 6 or 7 a.m. And I look over at my phone, I'm sleeping, sound asleep, just real relaxed, real uh, sleeping real good in my bed. And I look over, my phone's buzzing away, buzzing away. It's shaking on my bedside uh, table. Uh, Matt's like, turn off your phone. You know, he's still asleep next to me. And I'm like, what's going on? I'm thinking, is this a family emergency? Did something, ha- is Linda Pellegrino calling me with some bad news or something? And lo and behold, it was some bad news. Fortunately, no one passed away other than my spirits, because then I looked at my phone and it turns out Dorinda had announced she was leaving. And that was, it was a tough day for all of us. Right away, I hopped out of bed. I've never hopped out of bed so quickly in my life. I was getting phone calls, texts, DMs. People were tagging me on Twitters and Instagram. And I'm like, what's going on? It was a lot. It was a tough day for all of us. And it's still, even talking about it now, I'm getting a little misty-eyed. Because Trenda, Trenda's gone. Ah, you guys. We'll talk more about that when we get to the New York portion. Let's just dive into the Real Houses of Beverly Hills, the finale. Before we get into the finale... I know I already said before we get into the finale. This is sort of finale related. We got to talk about Camille. I've been saying all season that Denise has some secrets. Turns out I actually believe that Camille's got some secrets, Camille Grammer, because here's the thing. She was brought back on this show at a weird moment when they had that charity event at Kyle's, when they brought back all those ex-housewives. They brought back Adrian. They had Brandy, Kim there, Eileen. They had the whole crew from the past. And Camille was there, and she had that really weird, very scripted scene where Kyle went to Camille's house and invited her to that charity event, and that was the only real episode Camille was in, as far as I recall. But Camille was given a confessional. So I thought in my head, well, Camille's going to play a role later on in this series, on this season. She's maybe going to come into play at the finale, something. And then she never really did... Even in the preview for the finale, they showed that scene between Denise and Camille, but then that never aired. We got like a little flashback or something of it. They talked about Camille for a second, but it was so bizarre. And I thought, why did they give Camille an at-home confessional? Because if they knew they weren't going to use Camille, they filmed the whole season and then they hired Camille at home uh, during COVID. So the season had already been shot. You would have thought that producers knew that they didn't need a confessional from Camille. So that's why I'm thinking there must be some secrets here. Either Camille asked production or demanded of production that she gets a confessional for that one appearance, or they were planning on maybe airing more. I know the season was condensed. The finale felt a little bit rushed. Maybe they were planning on using Camille more. But it was very weird to me that she got a confessional. Kim Richards, who got surgery on this season, she literally went through a body transformation She got the new bubbies. She got the new teeth. She even wanted Maurice to feel the bubbies at one point. I mean, that was a moment on this week's episode when she said, Maurice, touch my, feel them, feel them. She just was shouting at her brother-in-law, feel them, feel the bubbies. She didn't say bubbies, but she was saying, feel them. And Maurice was just laughing. He was high as a kite, as he was the entire season. I'm not sure what Maurice has taken, but I would like some of it. Uh, And she was just yelling at her brother-in-law right in front of her sister, feel the bubbies. And Kim had a whole body transformation and was not given a confessional. What was that about? Adrian Maloof of the Maloof Hoofs. She uh, was on this season a couple times. She appeared at the finale party, even. She came in, appearing at the finale party, and didn't get a confessional. So why? Why did Camille Grammer get a confession? Does she have something over on the producers? She's got some secrets, and I would like to know what's going on. Because it doesn't make any sense. Are they planning to bring her back full-time? Or did they simply not have enough from the main cast members? Because I do feel that way. Uh, you know, what was going on in all of these women's lives? Like, why Why was the whole season about this Denise stuff? Why didn't anyone else have something going on or start some drama? I mean, I know Erica's like doing Broadway. By the end of the episode, when they went to the Broadway show, I was like, I don't care about any of this. It did make me sad, though, at the very end when they were showing the title cards and Erica Jane was like, I'm so excited for what's next. And I can't believe if I'm on Broadway now, what's next? What's next? And I'm thinking in my head, well, the pandemic's next. That's what's happening with all of us. That's our next step. That was everyone's next step. They filmed that uh, trip to see Erica Jane on Broadway, literally right before the pandemic. That was sad. That was, I don't mean to bum you guys out, but it's true. The pandemic was next. Uh, anyway, you guys, we open this week with Kyle at Sutton's store. 
What do you guys think of Sutton? I like Sutton a lot. I want her to have a diamond next season. She feels like quirky. She's sort of judgy in a fun, weird way. And those fashions, whatever the fuck she's wearing, doesn't make any fucking sense. Excuse my language. But what was she wearing at Dorit's house? What the fuck was that? I don't know what she's wearing half the time, but I like it. And I want her to have a diamond. She feels like she got in the mix. I'm really into Sutton. I'm really into her. I think I, I think I'm really into her. Um, anyway, uh, Kyle's at Sutton's store and she's kissing Sutton's ass to get her fashions. Whatever that, what's that fashion line by Kyle? Kyle by Shahida or Kyle, Kyle by Shahida too. What is that name of Kyle's fashions? Unclear. Um, should be called like, uh, Shahida's fashions promoted by Kyle. Like that's what it should be called. Uh, but she's trying to get the fashions in the store. And Jordan, who's Sutton's like store manager or design manager or something, he's pretending to Kyle that those fashions are good. And that was really interesting to me. He was like really going overboard. He was laying it on thick that Jordan, he's an actor. He's someone I'd like to see in a scripted project because the way he was acting that Kyle's fashions were so amazing. I thought, put him in a Scorsese film. Put him in uh, something good. Let's get him on Netflix, an original series. Jordan's a good actor. Because the way that he uh, emoted that Kyle by Shahida was a good look. I mean, I was amazed at Jordan. Bravo to Jordan. Give him the Emmy. Let's put him up for best supporting actor or guest actor. What do we do? Because he deserves a, a trophy. Uh, then we have this scene, Garcelle. Oh, she hired a woman director for that movie. I was so excited. I love when uh, more movies need to be directed by women. In fact, maybe we could get Jordan in a movie by this director. Her name was Amy Barrett. I wrote it down. Um, and she's going to be directing this movie by Garcelle called Split Marriages, which I can't wait. The name, the title alone, I thought I'm in, I'm on board. That sounds like something that's going to be on Netflix. Uh, I just hope that maybe we could get our next project to star Jordan. You know, Amy Barrett, if you're listening. But I want to see the Split Marriages. Those Netflix movies that just show up randomly, you don't even see any promotion for them. But you turn on Netflix, and then suddenly you got like a thriller starring Nia Long and Omar Epps, and you're like, wow, I'm feeling good today. That's what happens on a Friday night when you put on the Netflix. It feels great. The other week, there was this movie with Josh Duhamel, who's gorgeous, by the way. Josh Duhamel. He's got like a salt and pepper beard now. Stunning looking. He's always been stunning looking, but I didn't imagine him to age like such a silver fox or a graceful daddy, but he's very good looking in this movie. And the movie was more boring than anything I'd ever seen, but I did watch every moment of it. Um, it was like watching paint dry, but I watched it all on a Saturday morning and it surprised me when I turned on Netflix. I don't remember what it was called. Um, but it's real boring, but put it on in the background while you're folding laundry or something. Uh, unclear of the name. Anyway, then, uh, we see Dorit's house. Dorit's got all the nutcrackers out. And this is when she had that moment. She's getting ready for a party with Pikai. Um, and forgot our lines. But I gotta say, I'm loving all the Christmas decorations. I'm loving, on this week's episode of Beverly Hills and on Roni, we're getting lots of Christmas trees. You guys know I love the holidays. And it just warmed my heart. I'm very unsure as to what time it is now, you know? Uh, we were just paying rent here. I had to pay my rent, you know, as you do every month. And I didn't even realize, like, we're entering September now. But I'm ready to start Christmas. I, I'm ready. I know it's not even October. But I feel ready for my tree. And honestly, I might put it up. I almost did it at the beginning of the pandemic. And uh, my boyfriend said, absolutely not. But I almost pulled it out of that closet. And I wish I did, to be quite frank. Because this has been a rough few months. And it would have been nice to have the tree up, uh, decking the halls while I'm stuck inside, singing a little holly jolly. Oh, speaking of Christmas decorations, there was a scene next between Teddy and Rinna. They FaceTime Erica. They were doing a lot of, like, gym hat work. They were wearing those gym hats. Teddy had an all-in by Teddy. And Rinna had something that said, I don't know, Soul Cycle or whatever. Now, a few things I want to mention about this. First of all, no one would ever wear those hats voluntarily. I do believe that Teddy was obviously promoting her business all-in. Uh, and Rinna, she must have been paid to promote that. Because those are the kind of hats that you get at, like, they give them away somewhere. You know, you somehow end up with it in the back of your car. And you wear it maybe in an emergency. Your hair is a mess. You throw on that hat that was sitting in the trunk of your car. But those are not hats that you would wear on camera voluntarily. So I just want to say that I appreciate, I hope Brennan got paid for that hat, because that's not something you just wear willy-nilly on camera. Um, but speaking of holiday decorations, there was a Native American nutcracker that was sitting behind Rinna's shoulder. It was guarding a gingerbread house, and 
I'm not sure what that story was. There was also like a clown ginger or a clown nutcracker. And I wonder, does Teddy just have a thing with nutcrackers? I know a lot of people like nutcrackers. Um, but it seemed like she had a lot of various nutcrackers. And one had a large headdress on. It was a Native American. Uh, it was a, a very um, interesting seasonal nutcracker. And it reminded me, actually, do you guys remember on Saved by the Bell when Zach Morris was in that scene and he had the big headdress on? Lots of stuff happened on Saved by the Bell that, in retrospect, very problematic. I was just, uh, I put on an episode, it was on, I don't know, Hulu or something, and I was like, I want to revisit this. It's not the best to revisit. And I got to say, in the opening credits, there's actually a scene that is still shocking to my eyes. Um, but back in the day, I thought it was normal. But in the opening credits or the, or the song, what are they called? The intro, theme song. When they play it, they show Mr. Belding. I forget the actor who played that role, that iconic role of, of Belding. But when they show him on the screen in that theme song, they show him sitting on Zach's bed. And I thought, like, why is this principal on his student's bed? It's not something that happened in 2020, and I don't think it was really even appropriate back then. Uh, but when I watched it as a young child, I did not think anything of it. The fact that the principal was at the student's house, on the bed. He was just, he's making like a finger gun on the bed, Mr. Belding. And I'm like, what the fuck's going on? Remember his cool brother, cousin, what was that? Rod Belding showed up and was like teaching the kids how to kiss? What the fuck was that? What were we all thinking then? Do you guys remember? You guys know what I'm talking about. Rod Belding, the fun Belding. He was like the fun one. They were going camping, and he was teaching the teenage students how to make out with each other for the camping trip. What was that? That was fucked up. Fucked up. Anyway, uh, what are we talking about? Oh, the Native American nutcracker behind Rena's head. Okay. Um, so they had a scene there. I wasn't paying a lick of attention because I was bored. Then we cut to Dorit's party. Uh, Dorit and PK were getting ready. PK showed up in a very aggressive suit, and Dorit says, take that the fuck off. She said, absolutely not. You need to remove it immediately. And so he did. We see Kyle getting ready. Is it just me, or is Kyle's style getting worse and worse? As the years goes on, uh, Maurice is making more and more money, and so is Kyle. You know, she's a movie star now. She's going to be in the next Halloween. Uh, and it seems like the style is getting worse and worse. I- I'm not a fashionista, so what do I know? It just feels to me. Like, every time I'm seeing her in a scene, I'm thinking, what are you wearing? Um, but what do I know? What do I know? Uh, Kyle Bashahida too. Then uh, Dorit's house. So they're getting ready, and a man shows up. And this man was everything to me. His name was Rene. And he introduced himself as the pyro for the night. And he's just in charge of lighting candles. And I, look, I've seen a lot of things on these Housewives shows. To me, that was the most aspirational of anything I've ever seen on this show of this franchise in this cinematic universe was a man that's just showing up to your party to light candles all night. That's what I want. I love a lit candle. And he just, his whole job, walk, Renee just walks around with a fucking lighter in his hand and lights candles. That's a job. What do they pay that man? What does Renee get paid? Although I don't think they pay him much because I swear he stole Teddy's ring. I know there was an illusionist that showed up and I know we were led to believe that uh, he was just doing some magic. I believe that he stole that ring of Teddy's and handed it off to Renee, the candle artist. Because I don't know what happened. They never showed that ring again when the illusionist showed up. It was really funny to me, too, when Dorit just said to the party, it was like, in front of everyone, she said, we thought it would be fantastic to have a world-renowned illusionist. <laughs> I thought, what? What the fuck are we doing here? We got a candle artist and illusionist. Uh, anyway... Also, this party, we had a lot of random people. We had the morally corrupt Faye Resnick in a shiny jumpsuit. We had Adrian. We had Marisol from The Real Housewives of Miami, who's no longer even getting a lower thirds title. She's been on a lot of these shows. She shows up on New York a lot. And I feel like early on in New York, when Marisol would show up, they would show like a little, in the bottom screen, it would say like Marisol, Luann's friend or whatever. And they did that because they knew Bravo audiences would be like, oh, she was a housewife of Miami. And now they do not even give her the lower thirds. It's just like she's in the corner of the screen, and you just sort of see her out of the corner of the eye. Um, but I actually really want a Miami reboot. And I, I hear and hope that maybe it could be a possibility. I don't know. Um, I, hope it, I hope they would reboot it. I loved Miami. Miami was good. Season two of Miami, one of the all-time best. Uh, anyway, they're also celebrating PK's got a non-alcoholic champagne. I, and I believe it's called La Astute. I think that's what it's called, La Astute. I might have gotten that name wrong, so forgive me. Do not correct me in the DMs. You guys, last week on the show, I mistook something that Brandy Glanville said, and I got so many DMs. 
just shouting at me that she said clit, not tit. And I thought, I'm not uh, enough. I was getting too many DMs that uh, said the word brandy and the word clit, and I thought, I don't need to see that. Okay, so just, if I miss something, if I mix it up, just move on. Uh, No need to DM because I don't need to see the word clit a thousand times in my direct messages. Okay. My apologies, too. I I misheard. I mistook. You know, and we still don't really have full confirmation. I mean, they did bleep it, so I could have been right, too. I'm just saying. Um, But I don't need to see that word a million times. Uh, You know, I don't get anything fun in my DMs. I never get a nude. All I get is someone yelling at me that Brandy Glanville said clit, not tit. That's all I get in my DMs. It's like, what is going on here? Um, anyway, uh, let's see. Oh, it's La Astute. And I just thought, what is that name, La Astute? It doesn't seem like an astute business plan to name a non-alcoholic champagne La Astute. What do we even need a non-alcoholic champagne? I think Rinna said, what's the point? Have water. And Sutton, when they offered her the champagne, she just goes, nope, not interested. <laughs> no, thank you. Uh, there, Garcelle showed up with the guy, Michael, and he seems cute. They're not together anymore. Garcelle was also checking out that hot waiter, too, which I love that she was just checking out that hot man. He, she clocked him. She's like, aren't you the waiter from before? I like that. I like that. Uh, then they did talk about Camille. So Brandy shows up. Everyone pretended to be surprised that Brandy showed up, even though she was miked and she was with the other cast members. But uh, that's neither here nor there. The point is, they all sit down to talk about Camille. Rinna says, you can manipulate Camille Grammer with a blindfold and a ball gag in, in your mouth, um, which I didn't really understand. I wrote that down. I'm not sure I understood even what that means now. Um, but the point is, I think Camille maybe is manipulating someone, because why was she uh, given a confessional? Hmm? Maybe she's manipulating all of us. Maybe she's really, truly manipulating the audience. Hmm. That's what I'm thinking. Um, but Garcelle, before she arrives at this party, she comes late, actually, because she was supposed to go with Denise. She goes to, like, pick up Denise... And Denise never shows up. She's calling. It's going right to voicemail. She can't get a hold of her. And so Denise really, like, stood up Garcelle. Garcelle eventually just goes to the party. And Brandy reveals that she texted Denise and said, Hey, Denise, I'm going to be at this party to give her a heads up. And so that's, I guess, why Denise did not show up to this party. But it was not okay for Denise not to let Garcelle know. And I do have a problem. You guys know I'm Team Denise, but I do have a problem with just not showing up on camera for these big finales. I'm sorry, that's part of the job description. I get it. I totally get why Denise has been so frustrated by this whole season. But as a viewer, I'm very frustrated when my cast isn't showing up to the finale party. I want everyone there. I want everyone who's ever been on screen for the season to show up at that finale party. We should have had Camille there. Why wasn't Miss Grammer at this finale party? She got a confessional. Why? why? There's plenty of people that should have been at this party. Shahida should have been there from the fashion line. Anyone who appeared on screen this season should have been uh, at this finale party. And the fact that Denise just decided not to show up is very frustrating to me. Uh, again, I'm totally team Denise. I am. Sorry about it. It's who I am. And I'm shouting aloud and proud, but that doesn't mean I'm not frustrated by her and her performance as a housewife. Luckily, she made up for it later in the episode, which we'll get to. Ooh, that scene. Ooh, that scene between Rena and Denise. We're going to get there. I got to say, though, at uh, Dorit's party... Sutton and Brandy had a little moment that uh, Sutton said, maybe one day you can learn not to say stuff. And Brandy's like, honey, not going to happen. And here's the thing, you guys, Brandy Glanville, she did spice up the season a little bit. Unfortunately, it was at Denise's demise. Uh, But Brandy knows how to give us something going on, at least. And I just need the other women to sort of take like a little bit of a cue from Brandy. I'm not saying they should be as outrageous as Brandy Glanville. But I am saying that they maybe need to give us storylines in the way that she is. So that we have other things going on. And then if other people had things going on, then Denise would have felt more comfortable because it wouldn't have been like the whole show was about fucking Denise. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, one important thing I need to mention before we move on is that I saw at this party, Dorit had a magician. She had a candle artist. I keep calling him a candle artist. That's not what he was. What did she call him? A pyro something? A pyro? I'm calling him a candle artist. Uh, but there was a bar set up. A bar, and they were serving alcoholic drinks as well as the non-alcoholic champagne. And at the bar, I did spot something. I clocked something out of the corner of my eye, and I said, I spy a minion cup. You guys know the minions? Those, uh, what are they? The minions from Despicable Me, those little yellow things. They look like a vacuum. 
those minions, there was a cup that had a minion on it at the bar. And I know that Dorit's kids were there. Maybe it happened so fast. It was like a cutaway shot. So they were showing the bar real quick. And then they were moving on to the illusionist or to Brandy Glanville saying she fucked Denise. They were moving on to something. But I thought, there's just, there's a minion. And I was surprised for a lot of reasons. First of all, I know that the minions are owned by NBC Universal, which is also what owns Bravo, right? Like it's a corporate synergy. And we often see a lot of product placement. And I believe there was supposed to be a minion or despicable movie this summer. So I'm like doing like a conspiracy theory. I'm like Russell Crowe in a beautiful mind where he's like drawn on the chalkboard. I'm like drawing on a chalkboard at my house thinking, why was this minion minion cup at this party for Dorit? And I know a lot of us would be led to believe that it was one of Dorit's kids, but I actually believe it was corporate synergy. And I think they were trying to do some sort of a minion product placement to promote the movie that was supposed to be released that they thought would be released, which was unfortunately pushed back because of COVID. But then we're just randomly seeing a minion in this episode of The Real House of Beverly Hills at a bar, no less. A producer's like, hey, Larry, Larry, get the minion cup. We got to put it on the bar for some B-roll. You know, like they're just shouting at Larry the PA. Like, get the minion cup from the truck. Got to put it on the bar. The minion one, Larry, get the minion cup. Larry, Larry, get the, it's in the truck. <laughs> just, they just have a truck full of minion cups for the B-roll. Anyway, uh, let's see, what else do we got to do? Oh, the producer had that scene with Garcelle. So Garcelle's leaving the party, and this is when it got interesting. It was sort of boring, but then it got interesting. They showed us 15 minutes later, and that's when the producer asked Garcelle if she heard from Denise, and the producer said to Garcelle, you're the only one defending her, and she bails on you. And the producer said they got a text from Aaron. I thought, why didn't they show us the text from Aaron? Big Dick Aaron, where was that text? I want to see it. Like, uh, it's just a text between Larry and Big Dick Aaron. You know, I want to see that text thread. Because Big Dick Aaron did text someone on the production. And they did tell us that, but they never showed the text. So Larry, if you're listening, and you have access to that text, please show us. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, the, it was to me. It felt like weird that they showed that because it was the producer really trying to manipulate Garcelle in a way, and that seemed like a strange thing to show because it just was odd. And Garcelle, scene, it was a weird scene, and I loved it. I, I got like chills during it, um, but I was wondering. Uh, it made production look bad, I thought, and I wouldn't imagine that production would edit to make themselves look bad. Does that make sense? Um, but then we have this sit down between Rinna and Garcelle and Dorit, and they talk about Denise. Denise uh, apparently reached out to Garcelle, and she didn't want uh, Garcelle to have to lie for her. But she told producers she had a family emergency. Uh, and then it was also revealed that Denise canceled again on Garcelle. Garcelle like drove to Denise's house or area, and then Denise canceled at the last minute. And they talk about how Denise is trying to manipulate the narrative. And apparently, Denise posted a hernia picture right after Reed's party, and Rinna really broke it down. Uh, Rinna said she fought Charlie in the press for 14 years. Uh, Rinna said they'll all say that they're uh, mean girls. They'll all say they're mean girls. Um, and then a headline shows up on the screen. In the days following, Denise sent a cease and desist to the entire cast. Whew, I was surprised they showed all of this. I thought Rinna did a, actually an excellent job. Uh, breaking down how Denise was manipulating the narrative using the press. And I do believe it to be true 100%. I'm sorry, I believe 100% what Rena was saying. And I've been very frustrated by Rena. I've hated Rena this season, to be honest with you. And even in the reunion trailer, Rena seems just insufferable in that reunion trailer. But I do think Rena broke it down. And I'm sorry to say that. It made total sense what she was saying. But again, I don't know. Rena, I just wish... I wish they would all just move on from it. See, I think they're all making sense and they're all making points. But I wish they would have just been like, okay, she's done with the show. She's not interested. Let's uh, make other stuff happen, right? Like, let's see what else is going on. Instead, they were just so focused on that. I don't know. I don't know. Um, Anyway, then we see that scene, which they showed in the trailer early on in the season when Rinna's talking to Kyle on the phone and it's behind the scenes and... Uh, They talk about Denise and say Denise is done. Then we see two weeks later, we see Denise filming her confessional and she calls Rinna. And this was all super interesting to me, all behind the scenes stuff. And uh, Denise says, hey, Rinna, can we talk? And Rinna says, come here with an open mind and an open heart and we can talk. 
And Denise says, I'm not coming for a fucking therapy session. But still, Denise decides to go over to Rena, her house. She calls Big Dick Aaron on the way. And Big Dick Aaron is like, why are you going there? What are you doing? Don't go there. Go to Buca de Beppo or something, you know? Come home. Why are you going to Rena's house? And Denise is basically, she doesn't say this, but she's like, I got to go uh, get my paycheck. Otherwise, I'm not going to get paid if I don't finish out the season. That's what I was thinking. She was thinking. So she goes over to Rena's house and they greeted each other with these, this big ass hug. Like they were besties. Like they were seeing each other for the first time after, I don't know, being off to war or something. It was like they were best friends, lovers or something. They greeted each other with the biggest hug I'd ever seen. And I'm thinking, you two hate each other. What are you doing? And then this scene, you guys, I'm not even going to break it down line by line. I just want to say that I think it was maybe one of the greatest scenes I've ever seen on The Real Housewives. It was fantastic. So much dramatic tension. So much. It was beautiful. I loved it. Denise said something about the text messages that I thought was interesting. Because Rena said, why don't you just show us your text messages? And Denise said, I'm not going to do that. And she said, if I do that, I'll show Rena's text messages. And I don't think anyone would like that. And I'm thinking, show us all the text messages. I want to see inside that phone. I know, by the way, people were saying that Brandy's text messages were faked. And there was like this thing online because when they show the text messages on screen, they have to zoom in. Um, and production does that when they show us on the screen. So it looks like there's a square box around, but it doesn't mean that they're faked. It just means that they're zooming in. You know, and by the way, I'm, I don't care what's faked and what's not, on, honestly, on these shows. People were also mad that Rena's daughter was wearing two different hats in the scene last week. And we know that they reshoot these things. They reshoot these scenes all the time. If something doesn't show up or they need to do these, what they call pickup shots, they do that all the time. And that's what happens on these shows from the beginning. And sometimes we notice things. Sometimes their hair looks different. Sometimes they're wearing two different hats. I wish that they would do a better job of like matching the scene, right? Like I wish that somebody on production would have noticed like Amelia was wearing two different hats. So let's make sure she's wearing the same hat. But, uh, you know, we can't, uh, it is what it is. It's TV. It's showbiz, folks. I don't know why I just shouted, that's showbiz, folks. Anyway, I hope my neighbors, my neighbors are probably so confused. Like, what is he shouting about? Someone named Big Dick Aaron. My poor neighbors, they just hear me in this house talking about Buca de Beppo every week. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, that scene was just amazing. Rena said that she wanted a, she gave a cease and desist because she wanted the footage taken out. And Denise says, who told you that? And Rena says, ooh, you're so angry. Oh, you guys, that scene was so good. Ah, oh, Denise is angry. She said it was slanderous, but it was just all so good. And here's the thing. Denise needs to get off reality TV. I don't think she wants to be here. But, I mean, that scene was perfect reality TV. I, I, nothing's been better this season, except for maybe that overdramatic scene that they had on their trip when Rinna and Denise were sitting down and Rinna was crying about something. I mean, the, the soap opera actors, they give it to us in scenes like this. I mean, that scene between Denise and Rena was better than anything Kyle Richards has ever given us on this program. I mean, that was phenomenal TV. And I know people think the season's been bad, and I, it, there's been plenty of problems with it. Plenty of problems. It's been too focused on one storyline. It, it felt both, both rushed and boring in a weird way. But I still think the scene gave us a lot, or this season gave us a lot, and was better than so many seasons before. Better than the puppy gate. Better than the panty gate. I actually think this season, this season was great. I wish it would have ended there. Instead, we had to go take that private plane to Erica. I thought, who cares? Um, we talked a little bit about that. We get the end title cards. We saw Garcelle protesting uh, in honor of the Black Lives Matter movement. And she's not with Michael anymore. Teddy had the baby. And they show that she still finds time to work off the baby weight. <sighs> That's what, that's what they said when they showed Teddy's. They showed she had the baby, and it said, she still finds time to work off the baby weight. Then um, Kyle, we see Kyle's update, and she uh, apparently is selling the fashion line online. Denise's update, they show her in a confessional. She says, I'm Denise fucking Richards. And uh, Denise fucking Richards has a few sides. She says, you can be a fucking wild thing and a protective mom. And I want that on a pillow. That honestly was the best quote I've heard all season. Put that on a coffee mug and I'll drink from it every day. I thought it was fantastic. And then meanwhile, uh, Rinna, her update, her life update, is just her dancing with a broom on Instagram. That was her big life update. Did anyone catch that? It was like everyone, one of them had a baby. Um, the other one's got the fashion line going. 
uh, Erica's on Broadway. And then Rinna, it was just her dancing with the broom on Instagram. That was it. That was her update. Just her. The, I don't know if it was a broom or a mop or something. I thought that's the life update. I mean, I know we're all in COVID. We're in quarantine. Uh, COVID-19 has uh, rendered us all incapable of going out. But I would have just assumed that, I don't know, she could have made up something else to be her life update instead of just dancing with the broom. That was it. She's just her in a broom. Um, and then Dorit, meanwhile, she's um, the Capri room at Buca de Beppo was closed. But she is, uh, she's angling for Phoenix to be a popular YouTuber. Phoenix is going to be a YouTuber, mark my words. And then also Dorit's been doing a lot of food work. So I think Dorit's angling for some cooking spinoff cookbook situation. That's what I believe. But that's the season, you guys. I loved it. Now, next week is the reunion. The reunion looks actually very well filmed. It's a virtual reunion, but it looks like they got the technology up to par. Very excited. I don't normally cover the reunions. If you're new to Everything Iconic, I don't normally recap them, so I don't want people yelling me about that. Um, We'll probably dip in a little bit, actually, because um, we might dip in a little bit, but it's not going to be like a full recap. Because those reunions, there's not much to recap. They're sitting there. Um, It's not... I, everyone thinks they want recaps of the reunions, but there's not really much to say about them. They just yell at each other back and forth. So we'll dip in a little bit. Uh, but I might be moving the Potomac recaps over to later in the week, now that we just have New York and Potomac. I don't know. We're going to see. I think Sundays will be the same as it's always been, but we might move them around. We'll see. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. We'll figure it out. Programming update. Uh, we'll figure it out. Uh, we got to talk about the Real Housewives of New York, shall we? Look, the weather's getting warmer. You got to ditch the jackets, the sweaters, and you got to put on some shorts and tees. And if you're anything like me, you hate getting all the new stuff. But luckily, I've found Quince, and Quince makes it so easy uh, to get clothes. I used to waste my money on clothes that would only last one season. That was until I found out about Quince. Now I've got high-quality pieces that never go out of style that I'll be wearing year after year. Quince has all of the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from $30, performance polos. Those are my personal favorite. I always love getting new polos for the summertime, and they have a fantastic selection. I'm very particular about the collar, and I love the collar on the performance polos that I got. They also have versatile flow-knit activewear, and the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to all of us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes, which I love. Feel good about shopping with them. Now, again, I got those polos, but I also got some shorts, some t-shirts, just some basics that I can wear year-round. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to Quince.com slash iconic for free shipping on your order and 300 65 day returns. That's quince, Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash iconic to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash iconic. Ah, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, We use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache, but Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash everything iconic. All right, I'm sure a lot of you out there can relate because every time there's a commercial break and I'm watching one of my shows, I'm always hopping on the Redfin app or website because I just want to check out real estate listings. Like, I love checking out real estate listings, even for the houses that I cannot afford. It's my favorite app to use Redfin. Uh, I just got a home, of course, but it was a pretty stressful process. And if I would have known how easy Redfin was, I think it would have helped out a lot. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes and sends you personalized recommendations. So finding the home that's perfect 
perfect for you has never been easier. See something you like? Well, book a tour straight from the app. And when you're ready to buy, an experienced local Redfin agent can guide you through the whole process, making it so easy. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents know how to get you the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents with a listing fee as low as 1%. Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards your next home. Now, that's a great thing. I love using Redfin. I love checking out. If you're buying or selling a home and you need some help with that, check out Redfin. Download the Redfin app to get started. So I just want to say or tell you the story how Dorinda and I met. At Sheila's. We met on the dance floor at a bar mitzvah. No matter where we are, Luann always seems to find a mic somehow. Not unlike when I met a lot of my friends here at this table, do you feel a connection? Right? I've gone through a lot of things as women do. So Dorinda and I danced night away. We never lost our embrace. And we've been friends ever since. So we relate, we love each other, and we support each other. That's what we do as women. And uh, I love all you men at the table tonight. Because there's one more gorgeous than the other. Good job, Day. Oh! Hannah, your mother knows how to make a family. Uh, I'm not done yet. Just sit down. It's when I'm done, I'll hand you the microphone. It's not a cabaret show. Rowan when Lou found that microphone at Dorinda's dinner party for her birthday, I was laughing so hard, just cracking up. Happy birthday! <laughs> launches into happy birthday like the cookie monster on sesame street i had to laugh oh my god it was bringing me so much joy and i needed the joy because i've been so upset this week about everything going on on roni with dorinda leaving and talk about twisting the knife she announced she's leaving and then we're watching her birthday party on the show Ugh, you guys i'm gonna miss dorinda so much although i do think uh, having seen the trailer for the uh, real houses new york reunion it seems like Dorinda really doubles down, and she seems to get angry at both Tinsley and Ramona in the reunion trailer. And I don't know, it just made me upset, although I was mad at Ramona too. We all were, seeing her hop around town, uh, city to city in a pandemic without a mask on. It was very frustrating on social media, seeing it in real time. I mean, that was annoying, and Dorinda actually called her out, which was exciting uh, in the reunion. But I don't know, even in the trailer for the finale next week, it seems like Dorinda gets very upset. I don't know. She walks off when uh, Leah is toasting to Tinsley. And so Dorinda's been very upset this season, but I just never once expected for them to be like, well, you're not coming back. I thought for sure Dorinda would be with us for years. I never anticipated it. And here she is. She announced she's leaving. And I don't know if anyone else will go. I, a lot of people are speculating maybe Ramona will go. I thought Ramona earlier this season on the podcast, I said for sure I think Ramona's out next season, but now. It seems like I know nothing, because here Dorinda announced she's leaving. I never saw that coming. Because I felt like Dorinda had a, a very serious connection with Leah. It seemed like they were friendly on social media and uh, in real life. And so the fact that they got rid of Dorinda, just I never expected it. But, you know, Dorinda gave us so much over the years. She gave us so many catches. She made it nice. She clipped. She gave us the drunk toast. Uh, she gave us that beautiful monologue in Cartagena when she said, I don't care if you're the biggest heroin addict in the world. I invaded my home and I say, what the fuck's going on? That was a moment in time. And if there's anything I've learned from Dorinda, it's that there comes a moment in time. And <laughs> remember when she said that in a speech? She's given us everything, you guys. The, we're not going to have the Berkshires next season. I don't know. What are we going to do? Can we at least rent out the Berkshires, Bluestone Manor? I don't know, you guys. I'm, I, I know I always call for change on these shows, but the fact that Dorinda's leaving feels like too much change. I don't know that I'm ready for it. So much is happening this year. It's like hit after hit after hit. It's like pandemic. And then, you know, all these things going on. And then we find out Dorinda's gone. Whew, just sad. Anyway, let's talk about this week's episode. So Sonia, we open with her in her new place, and she's got dead flowers there, and she said, I thought I'd keep them because from a distance they don't look dead. And we've all done that. Who among us hasn't? Sonia Morgan, keeping the dead flowers in the house, and I've done that a time or two. Sometimes I buy the flowers from Trader Joe's, and let me tell you something, by the time you get them home, they're dead. Those Trader Joe's flowers, I'm sorry if anyone here is listening that it works for Trader Joe's, but those flowers don't last more than five minutes. Every single time I've bought those Trader Joe flowers, right when I get home, they're dead. And look, if I just buy flowers, I'm going to put them in a vase for at least three days. I don't care if I get, home, get them home and they are dead. 
They're going in a vase because it's unacceptable to buy flowers and then they're dead. But that's what happens at Trader Joe's. What do they put in the air there? Or why do they die so quickly? What is that? Do they just buy old flowers? Something about their flowers is very bizarre to me. Um, but I still buy them, so the joke's on me. Anyway, then we see Dorinda. She's at home with Len. The hits keep on coming, am I right? We see Len. We're not going to get Len next season either. No more Len. Justice for Len. Maybe she could join the Housewives. Maybe she could fill Dorinda's spot. I'm going to miss Dorinda has all these wonderful side characters. We're not going to get any more Lori Cooper, the realtor. I mean, this is devastating. This is just, I don't know if I could take this. I don't know. I don't know if I could do this recap. Um, but then we have Sonia, uh, oh, Sonia back at her place. She also said, aside from the flowers, she also said that her trainer told her to have heavy cream. Did anyone hear that? It was bizarre. Her trainer told her to have heavy cream. I'm like, what? who's this trainer? Meanwhile, she's trying to sell that townhouse. She said, it'll be one less thing for me to worry about. But then I'm very worried about her in this new place because it looks small, beautiful, but small. And she's putting those puppy pads for the dog to piss and poo all over the floor, um, right around the living room. And I just don't know that that's a good idea. I wish she would maybe find one spot in like a corner that the dogs can defecate on, because I don't like that the... She just was plotting them all over the living room. And it's not a very big living room, and I, I just don't want it to smell. You know when you go to somebody's house and like the dog shits all over? Immediately it smells. So I just wanted Sonia to maybe go by the, the window or the door, just put the puppy pants so the... The dog defecates over there and doesn't go in the middle of the room. And she put them in two different spots. It was like they were they were social distancing, the two puppy pads. It was like the pee one was one way, and then six feet away was the other one. I thought, couldn't you at least put them next to each other so the dog's going both ways in the same spot? Instead, they're going to be in different spots around the room. Somebody get her Bath and Body Works candle. She needs a three-wick because there's no way that that new place does not stink of dog shit. There's no way. And we know these women also shit all over the floor, so it's not just the dogs going. Somebody needs to get uh, Sonia a three-wick. Okay, I know. They're just on sale. They had the big three-wick sale at Bath & Bodies. Let's get her some uh, fall flavors. Get her the sweater weather candle. They have a gather candle. They have a pumpkin spice. We need to get Sonia Morgan some three-wicks, because there's no way that place doesn't smell of shit. Then uh, we see a little scene between Ramona and Lou. Lou shows up, and she's always speaking another language. She goes, hola! And I was like, why are you saying hola, man? <laughs> she's always speaking Spanish, and shes I don't believe that she's should be. Um, but she does show up. They have some sushi. And Luann says, I feel unsettled with Dorinda. Nothing got resolved. But it was like, Luann, you pretended like it all got resolved when you were on your trip. Now I'm thinking they're setting up. Now I'm doing that conspiracy theory thing with this show, where I'm thinking, are they setting us up to not have Dorinda next season? And they're doing this weird thing where I'm thinking Ramona and Luann are friends, and I do like them together, but it just feels bizarre. Uh, they also talk about Elise, and Ramona's just not even interested in talking about Elise. I like that she just ignores it, and she knows that if she ignores Elise, then they won't give her any camera time, because there won't be a storyline, because Ramona's not reacting to it. And I don't love that. I, I need her to react. I need Ramona to react. I was thinking about why Ramona would stick around, and I do think that if they're going younger and they're bringing in Leah's friends, that's what I would assume they would do, is bring in a younger crowd and bring in some of Leah's friends. I think the reason to keep Ramona around would actually be because it'd be a foil for those new cast members. So I don't know, by the time this podcast airs, maybe Ramona will have announced that she's leaving. I don't know. Um, but I could imagine them thinking that. Uh, and also, I do think that Ramona listens to production. Because if you notice, Ramona always apologizes. She's known as the apologizer. And so I do think in a weird fucked up way, although Ramona has threatened to leave set and all that stuff, she does end up apologizing to people. And I always think that's what production wants. They want resolution to these storylines. And Dorinda maybe doesn't uh, apologize in the way that production would want her to. I mean, with the Tinsley stuff, it seemed like production would have wanted some resolution between Dorinda and Tinsley. And that never happened. It never came. And I'm sure they told her. I'm sure they were like, hey, can you apologize to Tins? She's leaving the show. She's whatever. We even got that weird scene between Luann and Ramona and Tinsley to send off Tinsley to wrap it up. And I don't think Dorinda did. So I'm sure that maybe pissed off production, but Ramona always does. So she always apologizes. And even though it's fucked up that she does all these things, she's apologizes for it, which I'm just saying production would like. Um, and she has, there's built-in tension between whoever the young people they bring in 
uh, and Ramona. So I, I don't know. I'm now I'm second guessing. I always thought this whole season I thought Ramona's going to be gone, but I, I could be wrong. Could be wrong. So we see Leah's party. She's having this 15th anniversary party for Married to the Mob. Uh, it was funny when Dorinda showed up. She just said, um, "Is everyone here in pajamas? All these people need to go home and get dressed, and they're in pajamas." <laughs> I don't know. It's just making me laugh. And also, they did a sh- show a close up of someone's jeans. Uh, they had cut. <laughs> They cut their jeans and they showed a close-up of the tennis shoes. Just made me laugh. Did Dorinda also mention something about menopause? Because I know there's a lot of hormones going through a woman's body when they're going through menopause. And so that could explain a lot of the emotions that we're getting out of Dorinda this season. Maybe it's uh, that's what it is. I heard her say, I thought she said menopause. Maybe I just heard that, but I do know. And look, I get that. You know, I'm not a woman and I, I will not go through menopause. Uh, but I do understand that a woman could be filled with rage when their body's changing that way, because it's a lot going on in the body. Um, so I get it. Anyway, Elise uh, is there. Ramona shows up, and she's so uninterested in talking to Elise. She just runs away and leaves the party right after she talks to Bunny, Leah's mom. Ramona just exits. She's like not interested. And it's very a letdown, uh, really, because we never really got resolution between Elise and Ramona. Elise was very much a non-starter, and I know people like her, but she didn't really offer anything to the show. I think there were moments where she tried, but it didn't feel like she tried hard enough in my eyes. And sometimes you really got to get in there to get in the mix on these shows. I felt like Leah did a great job of inserting herself right away and being loud and making herself known, which maybe some people were turned off by, but it's something you have to do. Uh, for these shows. And Elise just never did that. She came in very timid and normal. You know, she seemed normal, stable, and balanced, which is maybe a good thing. That was also something I want to talk about with Dorinda. I actually feel like this is a very good thing for Dorinda because I don't think it's healthy for really anyone to be on reality TV. I truly don't believe that it's good for the psych, good for the mental health, none of it. I don't think it's healthy to be in these situations where you're being manipulated by production and you're expected to make a scene and be dramatic and have dramatic people in your life. Because in real life, I get rid of someone in my life. If I see that they're too dramatic, I, I don't have some big fight or blow up. I just move on and I am not interested because I'm not someone who needs any drama in my life. I watch it on TV. But the cast members for these shows, it's like they got to be around people they hate. And it's such a mind fuck watching you on TV and then being manipulated in situations. So I do think it'll be good for Dorinda to get away from the cameras. I'm happy for her in that way. Um, because when she came on the show, she's just seemed like almost a different person. And I, I want her to get back to that person and just to get, I, I almost want that for people that I like most on these shows. I always felt like I loved Dorinda on this show. And so I'm very happy that she'll just get to go back to being Dorinda and not have to be on this show that I believe is very toxic that I love watching every second of, um, but I don't think it's healthy for the psych. So um, let's see, what else? Oh, when Sonia showed up, it was so funny. She was flirting with those men. And by the way, Sonia and Luann kept saying how real this party was. Did you catch that? They kept describing it as real. And I don't know, something about that wasn't sitting right with me, and I'm not sure what it was. But use your imagination. They just kept saying how real it was. And I don't know, but uh, it did make me laugh when Sonia sat down with those men and just began flirting immediately. And there was this really funny moment. Sonia's flirting with this guy on the dance floor, and she says, I had tequila last night. And he says, I had Captain Morgan last night. And then she says, you're with Lady Morgan tonight. And I mean, that's some comedy that you cannot write. It's just perfect comedy. Sonia Tremont Morgan is a comedian for the ages, and it's beautiful. And this is the uh, Sonia, this episode was a Sonia that I do love a lot. You know, she's getting tipsy, but she's not falling over at the dinner table. That's the kind of Sonia I want. That's who I want. And Leah, she gives a speech to everyone. She thanks Rob for the daughter. And as she's thanking Rob for the daughter, Sonia's just yelling, Best Dad Award! (laughs) Just real loud. Best Dad Award! (laughs) And Leah, during her speech, gave 15% off, uh, or I'm sorry, 15% of Married to the Mob to the sister. Not 15% off. What if she just gave a coupon to the sister and was like, here's a an e-coupon for 15% off. Um, that's what she should give us, to be quite honest. I wouldn't mind a 15% off coupon for the Married to the Mob. Anyway, it's a fun it's a fun party. I enjoyed it. I think Leah's sister would be a great addition next season. I don't know if they will do that, but I always like a family dynamic, and the sister seems like a good 
a good starting place for that. So I hope they bring in the sister next season. At least more, maybe not a main housewife, but at least like a friend of in a more official capacity. Because I think she should be good. Let's get her on the group trips. So then uh, we have this scene where Luann FaceTimes Ramona. Ramona was decorating the tree in her bra. She had to like leave the FaceTime to go put the bra on. Or to put the shirt on over the bra. And Lou's sitting down with Cheryl, the ghostwriter. And you guys, the ghostwriter shows up. And she's writing Luann's book, which I'm not sure that we need another book from Luann. And that's, I say that as someone who's a ghostwriter. Um, but Luann is definitely writing a book. And the ghostwriter is like basically telling Luann's what's in the book. You know, like <laughs> Cheryl sat down and was like, you know, I can't believe when you were in jail for the first time and you felt like your dad and then you did this. And really, Cheryl was just reading the book to Luann in those moments. And Luann was just nodding along like, yeah, that's what happened in my life. <laughs> Oh, it made me laugh. Cheryl, justice for Cheryl, right in that book. Um, also, she said, I, I can't believe you shopped at Payless and you were tall. Like, that's the big reveal in Luann's book, was that she grew up shopping at Payless and that she was tall. And maybe a little chubby or something, she said to Luann. And Luann's like, yeah, that was a tough childhood. I grew up tall. <laughs> oh, man. I was a tall kid, too, though. I did sort of relate to that, because I was a tall kid, and I hated it when I was young kid. And then as I got older, of course, I was thrilled to be tall. But I remember being like the tallest in the class when they would line us up. And I hated that. I felt like such a fucking giraffe. I'm not saying it was a big struggle. Like There were plenty of other things in my life that were harder than being tall. Um, So I'm not sure that it'd be like a chapter in my book, the way that Luann is making a chapter about shopping at Payless and being tall. Um, But her her choice is her choice. It's her book. Um, But that's going to be obviously a big part of the book. I can't believe you shopped at Payless and you were tall. <laughs> Her behind the music. Um, anyway, then uh, Dorinda... Oh, it was also funny at that meeting with the book person. Ramona was still on the line, and she was just on the FaceTime. They, no one knew how to turn off the phone. Luann's like, turn it off, Ramona. Press end. And I'm like, Luann, why don't you press end? Why doesn't anyone know how to work on an iPhone? It's been around since 07. Let's figure it out. Uh, then Dorinda's getting ready for the party, her birthday dinner. She's on the phone with Melinda, who can't make it. But she does say uh, to Melinda that John is coming to the party. And Melinda says to Dorinda that you're calmer now. And she says, you're more peaceful. And I was like, what, Melinda? Maybe Melinda hasn't seen the footage yet, I guess. That's the answer to that question. Um, because I wanted to describe her as more peaceful and calmer. But maybe Melinda hasn't seen the footage. Um, then... Dorinda says regarding John that she, he's like family now. So, of course, they're going to see each other and he's invited. She says, it's not like now you see him, now you don't. We're not playing peekaboo here. And that's the kind of confessional line that I'm going to miss out of Dorinda, that I'm going to miss that. Uh, seeing, I mean, all of this Dorinda stuff is even hard to talk about now. She's not going to be around. We saw her birthday party. Uh, Luann and Sonia, they're on the way to the birthday party together. And that's when they're talking about how real Leah's party was. Oh, and there was this little moment where I think it was Sonia said, if anyone asks, we're both wearing faux fur. And I really just assume they were faux fur. I don't know if I'm naive and stupid, but I just don't assume that people wear real fur anymore. Like, I think who would even wear real fur? So whenever I see somebody in something like that, I'm just assuming it's faux. And so when they said that, I was like a smoking gun. I was like, oh my God, you guys are wearing real fur? Like, it's 2020. It seems strange to me. You know, everyone's got their own journey, but... I mean, speaking of fashions that are confusing to me, also Hannah was wearing that Roseanne blanket as a jacket. Dorinda's daughter Hannah, straight out of the Gallery Girls reboot, was wearing that same design that was on Dorinda's pants last week. She's wearing it as a jacket. Did they just buy a yard of fabric and then make some clothes out of it? Like, what happened in the Menley household that they got this pattern on everything? What else am I going to see it on? A hat? Um, a blanket? Uh, I'm going to see this pattern everywhere. A tank top? I don't know, a mask for COVID-19. Do you see at the reunion when Luann shows up and she's wearing a mask that's got her face on it, I believe? I'm sure she's selling those. They got to be on the website. Luann's doing a lot of promotional work. This whole season, she got the cabaret she's promoting. Uh, she's promoting the book, which you guys, those scene, that scene with the ghost right in the book, when Luann was trying to get a tear out, she was doing that so they show it on air. Because let me tell you something, if... Uh, if they don't want to show the scene, they won't show it. So then she would get no book promo. Because if you remember on Vanderpump Rules, there's not one thing about the cocktail book last season. And that's because there wasn't really any drama about the cocktail book. 
Um, and so they never showed anything. But Luann was trying to get that tear out during that scene so that she would get some promo for the book. And then now she's also doing the promo for The Mask at the reunion. Uh, next week, we're going to see her recording the song, promo for the song. I mean, she does a good job of getting that promotion on air, which not a lot of housewives can do. That's a skill in and of itself. So Luann, I got to salute you. She's got all these products on air. Um, then, oh, let's see. This was obviously a restaurant they'd been before. Sonia said she comes there with Dorinda and they get the flavored vodka. Sonia said in her confessional, I'm here with my girl Lou and she's drinking again. So choo-choo, let's get this train moving. <laughs> choo-choo. Um, oh my God, I'm loving Sonia this season. She's also having a drag queen bingo party to raise money for the LGBTQ. And I thought, good for you, Sonia. Good for you. She does the weekly gay party and now she's raising money. Doing, a, doing the work. Walk in the walk, Sonia Morgan. Walk in the walk. I appreciate it, Sonia. Sonia Rita. Just stop wearing fur, though. Um, so the restaurant did feel claustrophobic to me, didn't it? It's, there was a lot of other people there. I wish they would have closed it down or something. It felt very claustrophobic. Uh, we get uh, Luke was there. Colin Cowie was there from the um, previously in the season. He's there with his fiance. Ramona was seated next to John, which I thought was funny of production to do to her. <laughs> Sitting there right next to John. Uh, that was a good one. Um, but uh, Ramona apparently apologized to Leah for leaving the party. Um, and Leah says in her confessional, Ramona doesn't mean to be one of the rudest people in the world. She's just, um, <laughs> she just is, basically. Um, and that, that made me laugh. Dorinda then gives a speech. Um, and after the speech, Dorinda grabs Sonia's phone. And she's like, Sonia, you're us- losing your battery. You got to close some of these apps. And Luann is watching Dorinda and Sonia on a phone. She's like, Dorinda, get off your phone. You just yelled at us about that. And then Dorinda starts to get angry, and she snaps. She says, don't be misetiquette with me. And she snaps, and that's what happens. Dorinda snaps, and it's hard to watch. It is hard to watch. As much as I'm going to miss Dorinda and don't think she should have left, this season has been tough. This season has been tough to see her. It's not the Dorinda that we know and love. Um, but I can't imagine this show without her. Uh, then John gives a speech. It's very awkward. I felt bad for him, actually. It just felt he... He wasn't like emoting properly and he seemed uncomfortable. And I just, I, I was proud in a way, even like Dorinda said, I was proud that he was able to give a speech, but I just felt bad. I thought, John, no, let's wrap it up, wrap it up. And then fortunately he did wrap it up and Luann suddenly got a microphone. John, no one could hear him, but then Luann suddenly shows up with the mic in her face and she always does. She was drunk and she was just talking about dancing the night away at a bar mitzvah. And then she said, I love all the men. I love all the men at the table tonight. One more gorgeous than the other. And Ramona, Ramona, God bless her, yells, it's not a cabaret show. It's not a cabaret show. And she sings happy birthday. And it was everything. This moment was everything to me. I loved it. Next week's the finale. Lou sings a new song. Um, And it's so funny when she's singing that new song in the preview, the producer is like, uh, Luann's singing like, money can't buy you class. And then the producer's like, make sure class is lower in your voice. And she's like, class. Class. <laughs> uh, next week's uh, drag queen party. Dorinda storms off. I'm excited. It's the finale, but I can't believe we're at the end. What are we gonna do? Roni and Beverly Hills are gone. You guys, we got the reunion coming up. Thank God, Roni's an in-person reunion. Thank goodness. It looks like they were safe too. They got distance between them. Hopefully, the production and the crew felt safe filming that. Uh, but I don't know what we're going to do without the housewives. We got Potomac, which is delivering on all cylinders. And I think this week on Potomac is going to be excellent. I can't wait. So hopefully you guys are listening to the Potomac recaps and enjoying them. Again, I might move them. I don't know when Beverly Hills and New York is over. I don't know. We're going to have to move some things around. Um, right now I'm doing two, sometimes three episodes a week and the interviews and all sorts of stuff. It's exhausting for Danny Pellegrino, but I'm trying my best to cover it all. Uh, and I'm very excited to have a little bit of a breather. I'm excited for New York and Beverly Hills to end in that way, but I am going to miss the gals. I'm going to miss the gals. Anyway, thank you all for listening. Uh, I want to encourage everyone, if you want any of the Everything Iconic merch, you can go to everythingiconic.store. We got all sorts of good stuff over there. Uh, Queen Icon Legend merch. We got bed wine, wine glasses that are super high quality. We made sure to get really high quality wine glasses. Uh, and we got Queen Icon Legend pop sockets that are adorable. All sorts of stuff. Everything iconic.store. Find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino, Twitter, Instagram. And if you want to support the podcast, go to the Patreon, patreon.com slash everything iconic. And if you want to watch the interviews, 
sign up, subscribe, um, subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Danny Pellegrino and the number one. I have some very exciting interviews coming up. I cannot wait to tell you guys and show you guys as long as no one cancels on me or, or reschedules. But as it is, I got some good ones coming up, you guys. Hopefully. Knock on wood. Under promise, over deliver. Anyway, I love you guys for listening. Let's do a little cool down, a cheesy little wrap up. Um, cause we had a lot going on this week. We all need a cool, we need a cool down after all this, the Dorinded news. Let's take a deep breath in, hold it, breathe out. Take another deep breath in, hold it, breathe out. Let's take one more deep breath in, hold it, and think of your favorite Dorinda moment. Breathe out. Dorinda Medley's given us so much, I just want to honor her and her additions to this cinematic universe. Uh, we love you, Dorinda. We're going to miss you. And hopefully um, this is, see ya, what's the phrase they say? Hopefully it's not goodbye, it's see you later. Hopefully it's not goodbye, but we'll see you later. I love you all. Stay safe. Thank you for all the essential workers. Bye-bye. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.